0: Hey, hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Episode 8 of my podcast, Gary Talks 2. You saw on the way in that uh, it's entitled, Gary Gets Personal, and you'll see why later on. But since this is a podcast that appeals to only the most intelligent and compassionate, fascinating, and interesting people out there, I, I figured I'd share a little But that goes without saying, of course, and if any of you brilliant and fascinating people would like to voice your opinion here with me, just let me know. I'll have details at the end of the show on how you can do that very thing. So, off to the next stop. So, in this episode, I really want to talk about uh, the insidious way that um, the power society, the white society, has tried to minimize the contributions, the many contributions, and sometimes the very existence of its black citizens and other minorities, but mostly black citizens. I touch on this in my family saga journey, the story of an American family. And I'll read from that in a little bit, not a lot, so don't turn me off. Somehow the lives of these two people diverge to the point where not only does uh, one try to dominate the other, but they try to make them totally invisible while doing so. There are, of course, many, many examples of openly racist discrimination that are well-known and uh, and infamous, some of which we have talked about here. Now, I'm talking about the more subtle, behind-closed-doors way of diminishing someone, of making them know for certain that they are inherently inferior and will always remain so. So I just want to read a little bit here, just a few paragraphs, to give you um, just a little taste of that feeling above being invisible. So I'm joining uh, the group back at uh, McAllister's mill where I was uh, the last episode, but this is what happened after the right to vote had just been taken away from black citizens across um, Pennsylvania at the constitutional convention. James Fortin was a, um, a Civil, uh, excuse me, a Revolutionary War hero, a black soldier, highly decorated and very famous, who had asked for his right to be restored. He had petitioned the state. So we pick up with a discussion of that. So quote, McAllister speaking. In the case of James Fortin, that many of you have been following, there is also news. It seems that the state legislature in its infinite wisdom has seen fit to just ignore Mr. Fortin entirely, him and his petition both. Again, angry voices filled the meeting room. How how could they do that? Fortin fought for this country. He fought bravely and hard, and this is how his country, our country, repays his service? A man James did not know well was shouting from the back of the room, how can this be allowed to happen? Have we no rights at all? McAllister looked down at the paper in his hand. He felt shame, and his voice started to crack. It would appear that the answer to Mr. Franklin's question is that no. The black citizen has no rights at all at present. A stunned silence met him as he looked around the room at the faces of the men. They all looked like they had been kicked in the stomach, whites and blacks alike. A few had dared to hope that progress was being made, real progress, especially in their town and the surrounding valley. Relations between the communities had been mostly good for as long as anyone could remember. Those in the room who knew the bitter taste of slavery were especially downhearted at the news from this convention, and many felt that the ice-cold hand of slavery would follow them always, no matter where they went or how they lived their lives. McAllister goes on to encourage the crowd, and there are some uh, discussion back and forth with open frustration and anger being um, expressed. When James, our hero, um, stands up and speaks, this is very un-James-like. Someone questions, what else can we do? And James stands. The very first thing we must do is we must not lose heart. James found himself standing and addressing the men. He was known as a quiet man, a good neighbor in every sense, but he had never stepped forward like this. Luke was looking up at him from his bench, curious and waiting. These acts, these attempts to dehumanize us, to make us something less than men, must not be allowed to succeed. We must not let them achieve their evil ambitions. We must resist them at every turn. How do we do that, James? How do we fight back when they will not even acknowledge our very humanity? Why should we even have to? James started to pace just a few steps back and forth, collecting his thoughts. That is a very fair question, Brother Franklin, a very fair question. Why should we have to prove our humanity to a group of people who will hate us for no other reason than we appear to be different? Why should we? There was only a quiet murmur at the rhetorical question. James waited a minute. Then went on in a quiet voice. I'll tell you why. We have to do it. Because others question that very proposition. We have to do it because if we do not, they will win. We have to do it. Because we are free citizens of this country. It is our home. If we want our children and grandchildren to live in dignity, then we must fight this fight, we must. He closed by saying, I guess that's all I have to say except that I am not beaten as long as I can breathe. I am not beaten as long as I can breathe. So as a white guy, a white kid, really, I mean, I was born on a military hospital like all my brothers and sisters. So a kid grew up on or near army bases during your formative years. I didn't really pick up on any of this exactly. What I did pick up on, though, was that there was a difference, a certain wall that was never explained, something in the air, I guess. As I've said before, my classrooms were always very egalitarian with all kinds of kids there. Black, white, brown, Asian, Canadian. We were just army kids. Beyond that, no one I knew cared or even seemed to care. Well, like I said, I was born in a military hospital, so I guess that was a, that was a fair clip to use. Anyway, so uh, so where does all this come from, anyway? That's a that's the question everybody's kind of looking for the answer to. Those that listen to podcasts like this, who are, as I said, highly intelligent and impossibly good looking, what what is it that? makes us humans have so much distrust in us that it can be so easily manipulated. And, uh, well, to be honest, that's sort of out of the purview of this uh, podcast. But as I said, I'm getting a little personal. I don't know why all this stuff is bugging me. So I'm just going to gonna, gonna uh, share my opinion. And if I knew the answer, I would be sitting in my ivory tower dispensing wisdom for 25 cents a word or something. Doing quite well. But so I just tell you what I think. And I really do believe it's true that it goes back to the very beginning, even back before we walked upright all the time. Ever since then, anyway, the vast majority of us, Homo sapiens, uh, which is an illegal term to use in several southern states, have and most probably always will fear the other, different. Unfamiliar. I, I hate to preach, but it's not going to stop me. But aren't these the things that should be appreciated in each other? Shouldn't they arouse curiosity and not fear? Shouldn't they be a bridge, not a barrier? I just don't get it, but I'm not somebody that lives without hope. I really don't. I've got beautiful children and beautiful grandchildren. I want a beautiful world for them to live in. But I made a point of spending my life doing as much as I could to learn about the world. That was my goal from the time I was five and decided to be a pilot. I wanted to see as much of it as humanly possible, to live amongst strangers and learn from them and call them friend. I can't think of any other way to live your life, to be frank here. I mean, that may very well make me seem simple-minded, and if so, so be it. I'm sure you get a lot of people's second hand opinion. But all in all, I've had very few bad experiences. I've always approached people in situations openly and with a real curiosity, desire to learn something. And I have learned quite a lot in my time, quite a lot. Of course, that's a lot of time. (laughs) One of those things is the fact that most people are actually, you know, all right. I mean, really. I've dealt with the extremely rich and the achingly poor. They had a lot in common, even if they couldn't or wouldn't see it. I've been around loudmouth bigots who are proud to voice their views, but unaware that most people don't share them. I've been in communities that have suffered and seen the good that that most neighbors will do for their neighbors. I've seen the best and the worst of life, and the worst is a lack of respect for the other, the fear and discomfort that is everywhere that people are numerous one-on-one most most folks are just folks not everyone of course you know i'm not blind i've been around plenty of truly shitty people believe me but most folks are just folks it would be a far better place if we could keep that simple thought in mind don't you think Well, okay everybody. It's a, you know it's that time again. You've been waiting for it. You've been asking about it. You've been wondering. Come on. You've been scratching your head and wondering, "What is he going to do today?" Well, yes, it's time for the political rant. Yay! <laughs> okay, okay. Keep those people back. Come on. We're we're trying to do a show here. But thank you for coming in. Thank you for your support. So, And thank you for letting me get personal back there and wander just a tad again away from the, uh, my purview, as I said. But it's time for the political rant, as I just said. So, I'm taking this a little personal, too, so bear with me. I've been trying to stay away from the easy stuff, the low-hanging fruit, as it were, and rant about less obvious things that should concern all of us. That is what I've been trying to do. But with yet another indictment, oh, dirty Donnie, uh, two days ago, I simply cannot let that go by without giving it the rant treatment. So here goes. I'll start by stating the obvious fact. This had to be done. It had to be done to preserve the rule of law in this country. It had to be done to prove to the world that we are and always will be a nation of laws. It had to be done so that no other megalomaniac will ever try anything this seditious, this treasonous ever again. This had to be done. And like in the segment that I was reading earlier, James says that these things have to be done. And there's a times in our history where now, there's a course of action, and it has to be taken. There's just no other course. And that's where we are today. I've heard all the counter-arguments, of course. They've been spewing them for almost eight long years now, Christ. That's how long this crap has been going on, remember, eight long years. Some actually say it will be dangerous that the people will rise up in armed revolt. That would actually be kind of laughable, not very dangerous, except for the, uh, the easily led MAGA Nazis who would be dumb enough to do something like that. Then there's the old tried and true, we'll look like a third world country. But that's total crap, of course. We were already starting to appear to be one when the Great Pumpkin was in office. Sorry, Charlie Brown we would most definitely look like a third world country if we didn't apply the law equally to him just as we should for any lawbreaker you know and i've been lucky enough to to fly around and visit almost every place in the world pretty much I just set out to do that and that's what i did and i've been in a lot of places where people just uh especially in africa and asia where these so-called leaders in these places, they, they just feel like they're untouchable and they're free to loot the nation and enrich their family and their friends and their friends' families and screw the people. And that's exactly how Dirty Donnie and his kiddies felt. Of that, my friends, you may be sure. But my very, very favorite is the counter argument. The very, very favorite is the old, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Benghazi, 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 Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi Hunter, Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's strategy. Yeah. Okay. That one doesn't even rate a response of any kind. You know, um, In all seriousness, I I don't know anyone who is taking or who could take any real pleasure out of this whole mess, this whole thing. It is not a pleasant thing to consider a former president going off to jail. But here's the truth of the matter. It was a national disgrace that he was even able to be considered for that office, that almost sacred office, let alone pretend to serve in it. From day one, it was one national insult after another from him. From his shouting, this place is a dump when he is describing the White House, to gutting cabinet departments, especially essential, most essential ones like um, state and justice, to ridiculing law enforcement and intelligence organizations at every single level, to threatening the very existence of NATO, for crying out loud, but to me, I think the worst has just been the callous and offhand people of this country against one another. Make no mistake, that was intentional. It was all part of the plan. If he can get us to hate each other because of our race or zip code or ethnicity or our orientation or history or whether we like uh, pineapple on a pizza, which I don't, how tall we are, the list goes on and on. You know, divide and conquer is not just a tired cliché. It is the very first rule of warfare. And that is exactly, exactly what the Trump crime family has been waging on us, all of us, for years and years. Now, for the first time, there will be accountability. That accountability is something that we can and should be glad about. But the bottom line remains. It will be our everlasting shame that he ever, ever held any office anywhere, let alone that office. Well, as the car guys used to say, you've wasted another perfectly good half hour or so listening to me voicing my opinions. And I thank you for that. I truly do. I'm honored by your ear I want to close by using some other time-tested cliches, if I may. All elections have consequences. Every vote is important. You get the government you deserve. Your vote has value, or the right would not be working overtime to take it away from you. And this is my opinion, and I'll stick by it forever. It is not a right to vote. It is an honor, a privilege, and your duty to vote. So do it. Okay, enough of that. So I'll see you on another episode soon. Like I said, I I aim for every 10 days or so. I'll do a couple more before I take some time off. Thank you for allowing me to wander off topic uh, once again a tad. I try to stay within the uh, the general uh, area. So here's the details. If you would like to join me here or just send an email, which I promise I'll read if you want me to, if you want to reach out to me, at the podcast at gvbrights.com or gary at com. That's my personal email which also has all of the books, including, of course, both volumes of Journey. Reviews of the books and some info on the mentoring I do with kids in Malawi and how you can help if you want to. Remember this, all the books are free on uh, Kindle Unlimited. They're free to you. And the uh, the royalties I get from that go to help kids in Malawi to stay in school, especially girls who are so in danger of dropping out and having two children by the time they're 18 years old, 19 years old, it's really heartbreaking. And a few dollars goes a long way, believe me. So, uh, I also want to do another shameless self-promotion for my, uh, my new book, descent an aviation based crime thriller that, uh, is written with some authenticity. It's about a young male pilot, uh, who has done wrong. And, uh, I was a young male pilot at one time. So when I write about it, uh, you can believe it's the way it was. So I hope you'll pick it up uh, again. It's free, It's also free on Kindle unlimited and will also help kids uh, in Malawi. So remember great read, great deed. It's a win-win situation. I think it Ben Franklin first said that pretty sure one of those guys. Anyway, thanks again for, uh, for giving me uh, some of your precious time. I, I certainly do appreciate it. So all I can say now is adios, amigos.